0: Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing
1: strategist, Adam Kipness.
0: One of the biggest challenges for entrepreneurs is getting the noise out of their business, getting out of their own head, not letting outside influences take over or stop them from moving forward or causing concern. How do you think about your business in the way that, what can you control? What can you do? How can you support your team, be a great leader without letting outside stuff take over? And once you can do that, once you can get in A, for lack of a better term, a good meditative state in your workday. It allows you to do so much more and have more of a stress-free business. We're going to dig into that in a big way today here on the Entrepreneur's MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Kipnis. I appreciate you taking the time, as always, to listen. I want to thank C-Suite Radio for providing the platform for us. I would like to thank Network Together for the events that they put on and for their sponsorship of the show. For those of you who want to meet other people who are in a networking world, go to ntevents.net. They have events every day of the week where you can meet people from all over the country and all over the world to help you in business and in life. So ntevents.net. I'd like to thank both of them. And for those of you who are looking to continue to grow your business and need different ideas of how to make money in this market without spending a ton of money on marketing or advertising, I encourage you to download my book, The Ultimate Revenue Breakthrough. It's free. If you go to freebookfromadam.com, it is eight steps to making more money without spending any money on advertising. That being said, I'm really excited for this conversation because it's going to be high energy. It's going to be fun. It's going to be diverse. Jazz Takar, thanks for joining today on the show.
1: I appreciate being here, Adam, and uh, just a big congratulations to you, my man, and kudos as a fellow uh, content content creator and entrepreneur. I know how tough it is to juggle both, and you're doing that. You're putting... Out so much content on a daily basis. We were talking a little off air, Adam, and uh, I could feel the synergy, man. I could feel the the the, the kinship towards each other because you yourself want to bring a lot of. Positivity and optimism, and so just congratulations, man! Like for all the listeners and the viewers, if you're new to Adam's podcast, like share it. This man's putting out a lot of content. He's doing a great job. He brings a lot of energy, an amazing smile. For the guys who are walking, uh, uh, taking their dog for a walk right now, and and driving, and the gals that are doing their thing, you can't see this guy's smile. It's a great <laughs> smile. Um, um, and share it. But Adam, thanks again for having me.
0: Well, Jess, thanks for saying that, and uh, Mave. My smile's not that good. I think my hair is better. Maybe my grease monkey T-shirt.
1: <laughs> no, Maybe I think that, your smile is better than your hair. I got I don't want to lie to the listeners no, few, that's Okay, that's <laughs> fair. That's
0: fair. The, the, the hair has seen better days. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I love having these conversations, and the content creates itself. Like I'd love to say that I created, but it creates itself because I get to talk to people who are out there doing things that have gotten beaten up by the world, that have made great things happen in the world. And we get to talk it out. And hopefully, like we said before we got on, just put one nugget out there that someone walks away with and it was worth the time
1: like how cool is that right now right like you're you're in arizona i'm in toronto canada um and and we're trying to hopefully touch someone maybe in australia like that's just so cool like my my father and mother they're 72 to 75 um they couldn't have never imagined this you know what i mean like like we're able to not only hopefully inspire someone um but but we can start our own business i like this internet thing is awesome man i, I truly love it, um because because we can we, we have the opportunity now there's no excuses like anybody who's watching or listening like what is your excuse really like i think if if you're watching and listening now like now's the time have a pen and paper in hand like stop the recording cuz i think our, our job and mine and adams today is to really bring a lot of value for you to actually today like make this not like every other book you read workshop you went to Other podcast episodes you've listened to, take note and then start right away with something towards its attainment. Don't let Tuesday morning happen just like it happens every other week. Don't let that be your excuse. Take action and just from even one, one little thing to move the needle in the right direction. I love that. And for we are recording this on
0: uh, September 21st of 2020. So no matter when you're listening to this, it's a tw- September 21st. It is 94 days to Christmas. Now, uh-huh. what does that mean? I'm, I'm running a, a group right now called the 100-Day Sprint to Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. You can still, in 2020, in pandemic land that we happen to be living through, and those of you listening in the future probably remember it very well. Those of you listening to it right now know exactly what we're talking about. 2020 didn't go as planned, and you still have 94 days to get done exactly what you want to get done in a, the 94-day sprint to Christmas. Well, so well, along those lines, thinking about that, like taking action now and getting done what you need to get done. When you started your business, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, was this like a, bam, I've got an idea and you just came out of the gates running or when, how did it all transpire for you when you started your first business?
1: Well, so my first business was, what was the team that I currently have right now? It's been 15 years for me in the real estate business. And so, um, with all the content I do, uh, some people are like, what do you really do now, Jazz? And (laughs) when you you scrub it all away, um, I'm a real estate broker. Um, I do focus a lot of my business on uh, investing in real estate because that's been kind of the niche that I've carved out personally with the content and my client, like my personal clients, but I also have a team with my business partner of uh, uh, 34 realtors and we help people uh, uh, buy, sell and invest. And so I've always been a salesperson at heart, Adam. For me, it all started... I can take it back as like a six, seven year old. I had my hand up like right away when the teachers were asking like, who wants are you talking about Christmas? Who wants to knock on doors and sell ornaments for whatever like the, 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 the school board or their charity? Um, who wants to uh, help out at the book fair? I was always like, I'll do it. I probably had a little bit to do with, I knew that I could get out of class because I wasn't <laughs> a big fan of, of, of that type of learning. And not that there's anything wrong with it. I just didn't learn like that. And then at 12, it really really struck me because that was the first time I got paid for, for for being in kind of a sales position which was a newspaper route like i mean i'm sure millions of people who are listening right now have also started there what was a little different for me though is that i realized the people around me my friends okay, the 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 boys that i played basketball with and soccer with they wanted money like they 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 liked kind of the freedom that i had it wasn't much i'm talking about like maybe at the end of two weeks i had like 35 dollars but at that time it felt like it was 35 million for me right but um it was nice because what i started to realize that they were just scared to even make a phone call to ask the district manager for a route like for for a paper route of their own so i would get more paper routes and then kind of broker them over to my friends they would deliver the papers i would take a little cut i was kind of like like a, like a, almost like a drug dealer at that time you can maybe think about it like I was but but, but I was peddling paper routes right then like I knew I I I got the draw I really got addicted to working knocking on doors and selling and meeting people but then also understanding at a young age oh like okay I can make some money I spent majority of it in the first like right you know in the first few months got it spent it Then I was like, well, you know what? I want something a little bit different. I want a pair of shoes that are nicer. Okay, I gotta save it. My father was a taxi driver. My mother uh, uh, was a factory worker, so pinching, pinching pennies was something that I just got, like I understood how to do it. I understood how to save because that's what my parents had to do. There's three boys. We played all the sports. They didn't make a lot of money, my parents, but they knew how to save it. And so that's when I started to understand, okay, I'm going to save money. I'm going to invest this into myself, meaning I'm going to pay myself first. And I know a lot of people, especially in the younger generation, they don't know what that It's a word called savings, where you pay yourself first and as I you know into my teenage years I started selling shoes at, at a retail store. Then I went into the banking industry as a sales and service specialist. Then I went into car sales for three years and I always knew I wanted to invest in real estate. And that's what happened 15 years ago. I got my real estate license and I slowly but surely started to build out a team. And I'm proud to say that, as I mentioned earlier, 34 realtors on our team, 10 support staff to kind of help with the sales side, but also the marketing side, meaning the media content that I push out. And and we, we help a little over 700 buyers, sellers, and investors every
0: single year now. It's amazing. And you you just laid out the four most important things for business and wealth. And that is selling, saving, investing, and a word you didn't use, but you talked about it in two different ways. And that's leverage. Yes. Right. And, And you learned in the newspaper business, the power of leverage by having other people do the work for you and you taking a cut off the top. And then you save that money, which gave you money to invest. You invest that money, which gave you more revenue. And then you were able to, instead of just just being a realtor, and I don't mean that in a negative connotation because no, I know not that at there's all. a lot of realtors that that listen to the show and that, that are in, that are my friends. But once you decide, all right, I'm going to be a broker or whatever, however you the terminology is in, in Canada versus the U.S. And now you've got realtors that are out there selling houses under your umbrella and you get a piece of that plus the houses that you sell. Tell me a little bit about how that, was that an educational understanding, that power of leverage? Was it just you did it once and you're like, that makes sense? How did you build out that team versus just being a realtor that
1: hustled and being the best realtor that was out there? For sure, necessity. It it started out as a necessity, right? So I, I had clients and I wasn't able to show them all the homes that they were requesting um on the buying side, on, on the selling side, like listing their home where the for sale sign is, and as the listing broker. Our terminologies are very similar here in Canada and the States. Um I needed help. And so, and so it started off with what I call a, and what we call a buying agent. So it'd be Adam, um, uh, I need some help. Right now you're a newer a, a newer real estate agent. Why don't you come on board with me? All you have to do, you don't have to go find your own clients. You're just going to help show the properties for me. And so this way I could do more deals sitting at a desk. You know, I could do the initial consultation, but all the showings and putting up the first sales signs and the lock boxes. All that takes time, right? And there's only 24 hours. There's really only, you know, 15, 14 to 15 hour work hours if you really want to stretch it out. And, and, and so it originally came from necessity. And the first time, as you mentioned, there's a lot of real estate agents listening and watching right now. I mean, my, my biggest advice to newer realtors, and if even if you're a veteran, if you haven't done it yet, this is like the, my number one tip, get an assistant. An assistant will change the course of your life, let alone, forget your business for a second, because that will happen on its own, but it will change the course of your life because you now can focus on, and I'm talking like very tactical now, as a real estate agent, or as a salesperson, as an advisor, as a business owner, you have a core competence, what you're really good at, and what you also like to do. And those are the only things you should be doing. So, for me in real estate, I just like to meet with people. I wanted to meet with them. I was like, can I do this? Can I meet with Adam, the buyer, seller, or investor at the start and then pop some champagne with him when he moves in or sells his house? Imagine a world like that. That's exactly what I kind of drew out on my whiteboard. I only got to meet him at the start and meet him at the end. And he has access to me via phone calls and texts and videos in between, but I don't have to do the legwork. And so, you know, fast forward in the first five years, I was able to get an admin person within the, like I got the admin person really quickly and the buying agent, but then I wanted to also, I started to realize that, okay, I can kind of make it rain. I can, I can bring in a lot of business. I obviously can't help every single, every, uh, every single uh, person that comes in. Let me start to give out the leads. I have to leave. I have to give up more money. So I was always okay with that. Speaking about leverage, I understood that to get high quality people, you got you to gotta leave some money on the table. And I think a lot of people have trouble with that. But for me, it just allowed me to scale out. And now, you know, you, you mentioned at the time of this recording, we're, we're in a pandemic and in, 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 a, in a lockdown. But in the last... 120 days. I've been able, just from this desk that you're looking at right now, I've been able to do a little over 75 homes and condos that have been sold. That all got done because of the team.
0: That's amazing. And when when you talk about the team, you talked about the first person was the, your, your administrative person, and then and then yeah. you got sort of a buyer's agent. And then it began to grow. At what point in that that time period, did you sit back and say, all right, this is no longer jazz as a real estate agent. This is a business. And
1: how did you start to think about it as a business?
0: So, so that
1: probably happened about, I'm going to say five years in. I was, so when I started, I was 23. Um, so I'm going to say right around that 28 uh, uh, time period where I actually started to think of real estate sales as no longer retail. Meaning no more, like, like a lot of real estate agents think about it like one-on-one. Let me just, how do, I, how do I meet with Adam? How do we do a deal? And then the maybe best case scenario is how is Adam gonna introduce me to friends, families and, and, and colleagues and neighbors? Great place to be at if that's what you're doing. For me, it just wasn't enough. I, I said, okay, look, if I'm gonna sit down with Adam for an hour in that initial consult, initial consultation, 98% of the time, he's asking me the same question that somebody else is asking. How do I scale that hour now? So what I started to do with my two business partners, there's two of us now. At the time, there was three. One of them passed away. Um, and otherwise, he would be with us doing, doing this as well. We said, we got to think of real estate as wholesale. How do we meet more people at the same time? A big, big game changer for us at that, that five-year mark was doing events live events so we would teach people how to buy their own home sell their own home how to invest by themselves knowing in canada and the numbers are not that different they're just bigger numbers but the percentages are not different there's only about two percent of people in our country or canada here and if somebody looks it up on your side i'm sure it's going to be similar of a two percent of people nationwide that actually sell their own home so we were like well why are we Focusing on those 2%, let's focus on the 98%, educate them on how to do it on their own, but understand that 98% of them would never do it on their own. It's why we came out with a book here. It's absolutely free. There's no cost for it. We don't charge for it. It's really my glorified business card. And we came out with how to actually sell your own home and doing events around it, seminars around it, workshops around it. And and that's where we were now able to meet with 50 people. I mean, we've been on stage in front of 1,000, uh, a, a f- uh, 1,200 people. And what we're doing is speaking, using that same hour where where, where most people would only meet with one person like Adam, we're meeting with 1,000 to 1,200. That's when I knew, okay, this is a business. We gotta hire more admin people. I got. I brought on someone that can make outbound phone calls, not only take inbound, but also have the ability to go outbound. We started to think of more, we systematized the operations around, around bringing in new realtors, but also how are we going to provide world-class service? And then and a recent, it's really been the content where now I'm not thinking as a, as a salesperson in the last specifically three years, where it's all about marketing and branding. Because what that's done for me is it's cut the time, like where I would sit down with somebody for an hour. I'm probably not sitting down any with somebody now uh, with a prospect longer than a half an hour because they already got a sense of me on some type of podcast, a video, a book. It's really cut that, that time down by half.
0: Interesting. So, so much to unpack there, but I want to start with the premise that you said our business model, we decided to make it a business and tell people how to do what we do for free. So you essentially went to the marketplace and said, I can make three or 6% or whatever it is to sell your house, but you just go do it yourself. Yeah. No.
1: Well, it was, I, I want to be, I want to be careful on how we said, like, I just want to make sure I give context because what we really said, here's how to do it on your own. And so it's just a little different, like a little different verbiage that we use. It was more like here's if you want to do it on your own, this is how you do it. We never really said you should do it on your own. You shouldn't do it. That's the, well, I want to make sure we talk about the flip side, because what most sales people would do is this is how you can do it, but call me. And so I think one of the biggest knocks I probably get from like marketers in general and sp- sometimes my own team is, just you never say call me or call now, or there's no call to action. I'm like, yeah, the call to action will happen on its own. People are not stupid. They'll figure it out. They'll do their digital deep dive. When somebody who's listening right now, and as they continue to listen, they got their bullshit detectors on right now. Is this guy full of shit or is he for real? And I don't need to swear if I'm not allowed to. But oh, is good. he for real? If he's for real, is he for real or not? And then they're gonna start to do that digital deep dive on me, and they'll find out that oh, okay, he actually is a real estate broker. And and so what we were saying to the market was, we never really said you can call, like you need to call us. It was like, here's how to do it. And now, if, in fact, what we always say, and we still, we, we said it all the time, was like, if you want to use your cousin, Charlie, that's okay. No problem. And they would leave. And that's it. And, and we, we, we would say, if you want more information, you can download this book. And knowing that, I'm going to say, nine out of 10 people in the room would always go download that book. And then they would be in our wheelhouse. Now I oh. call it, how do you get into jazz's world? But one of, the mo- one of the first questions my team will ask somebody who calls in, how did you get in our wheelhouse? Like, how did you come to learn about us? Because we, stat- we need that data, obviously.
0: No, I love it because, and I didn't know we were going to go down this road, but one yeah. of the things that I do for my clients is I help people with, with really kickstarting their business, no matter where it is, mm-hmm. whether it's a startup or whether they're just a little bit stuck or whether they just want to get there faster. I provide a kickstart. And one of the things I do is show them here's 30 to $50,000 in revenue that you can get right now. It's just sitting in front of you and, and anyone, when you download my book, it walks you through it. And knowing that two out of 10, three out of 10 of those people are going to raise their hand and say, Adam, this is great, but can I have your help in doing it? Yes. So many salespeople, um, tend to try and make it sound really hard right this is so hard you can't do it by yourself you need me but you took the other side of that how did you decide all right rather than making people feel like they had to have me or else they couldn't do it you said hey you can go do this yourself I'm happy to help if you need me but you can go do it why did you take that tack was it just a numbers game or is that just who you are anyway well it it, it <laughs>
1: is a lot to do with who i am because i truly believe that both, like if we're just talking about real estate specifically for a second i mean you can google and youtube everything how to sell your own home how to buy and how to invest so i want it to be on the forefront of that i want it to be the trusted authority and i want to be the trusted authority. We got a long way to go. And so that's what keeps me up at night. That's what excites me. But there was like one conversation will always be very vivid in my in my mind. We were speaking with a couple, myself and my business partner, and we're in our in our office here when we go through the process of investing. At that time I was talking about investing. And at the end of it, the couple looks looks at us and says, guys, great. Thank you so much for all the information can you please introduce us to a real estate agent now? (laughs) And that's where like, the light bulbs went off. We looked at each other. We're like, we laughed in the room. They're like, what's so funny? We're like, that's what we do. They're like, oh my God, thank you. Because we thought we would have to meet with somebody who was salesy and pushy. And so it was almost like a, such a weight you could tell the weight went off their shoulder because they didn't like anybody else who wants to like deal with somebody who's pushy and trying to manipulate and look I'm not knocking anyone else's business model or any of the millions upon millions of uh, of real estate coaches in general and sales coaches which is um, handle their objection like they're a hockey puck and 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 here's the script for this like do some of these scripts work sure but remember that the client what if the client And the chances are they, they don't have it. They don't have the script. And so, and so you (laughs) got to, why not just be nice, give people the information, understand. Like I'm a, I am a numbers guy where like, you got to meet with more people. And so as you meet with more and more people understand as a salesperson or a business owner, that some people are not going to need your business or your service or Chances are they probably just don't need it right now. And so be okay with that and move on to the next person. It's like, it really is a numbers game in that sense for me anyways.
0: Adam. I think it is for all of us, right? Any yeah. type of sales, you have to talk to more people. I, I wrote an article at one point called the silver bullet to sales success. And right. it's just talk to more people, right? right. And, and listen, it, it's not about selling to more people. It's about listening to more people. And, yeah, and
1: eventually exactly. your
0: 3%. You will show up
1: not to cut you off brother there's a sign in my studio here it says removing friction um one of the reasons is because I'm, I'm coming up with a book hopefully in about seven eight months as my ghostwriter gets through it and and um it's really more of a self-help kind of personal development book it's removing friction getting out of your way um but I have it here for my team to remind them that let's remove the friction in the in, in the process of, of, of investing into real estate. And what I mean by that is that you don't need to sell anyone if you just make it easy for them to buy. Because 98% of the time, I think it's safe to say, 98% of the time, if, if, if someone comes into our world, into our wheelhouse, Content into our office, an email or phone call. They're somewhat interested. Your job, that like my, my my reminder to the team is, your job is not to screw it up. Like, don't be an ass. Don't be like you gotta buy six. You should probably buy a seventh just for now. And buy now. The market's changing. Tell them the truth. Tell them what's really happening in the market. Tell them that they can wait. Tell them that it's okay if they don't buy right now because another opportunity will come around the corner. And. Hey, Watch what happens. People go from like this, and just kind of open up. And it's like, okay, can you educate me a little bit more about it? And so for us, that's been the biggest game changer. I spent no time on what other like. There's about twelve hundred realtors in our organization. I'm under the umbrella of a of a franchise, and so that was a very tactical business move because we had our own brokerage, but but we just realized we our skill set is not in worrying like our skill set is not is not figuring out the accounting and the back end and all the trust accounts and the phone lines and the internet lines. We now we we've we kind of outsourced that so to speak, being under the umbrella of another brokerage and and we pay them a little cut. Um, and so we're happy that they take care of all that. We get to focus in on marketing and sales and and, and we're able to do we're able to scale out now as much as we are because we're not spending time on silly things. For me anyways.
0: It's fantastic. And and the, the way that, that, that your your thought process transformed, it, it's just been great to hear and, and how you did it. And, and I, I, want, I want to dig into that for, for the last five or so minutes that we have here. You're a big content creator. You mentioned at the beginning, so many people are focused on marketing, 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 whether that's signs or um, Facebook or yellow pages, ads or billboards or realtors, having their picture on their business card. And I don't know bus what shelters, all
1: yeah, that.
0: Yeah. The bus shelters, the, all that stuff. Realtors have a very specific, you can always see an ad that's a realtor because it's, it's, there's a, a model to it, whether For it's sure. good or bad, I don't know, but you went into the content creation area of it. And tell me a little bit about why content creation and how, how did you put together your content methodology?
1: Yeah. And, and, and before I get started, all those things that you mentioned, Adam, they all like all the work for certain people. And, and I definitely, um, I'm not here to tell anyone that they shouldn't do any of that. In fact, I did a lot of that stuff when I got started. Um, and so if it's working for you, if you're listening or watching right now, if all that all the first like the bus shelters i don't care if you put your picture on a urinal and that works for you do it up like you know what i mean like whatever works for you and is working well that's your business and 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 all the best and, and i want more success for you because the pie is big enough we can all eat and if we run out of pies we'll bake more. We'll figure it out like i totally come from an abundance mentality for me content was a way to get like to speak to the world at scale as i mentioned earlier about the book i was getting the same questions over and over and over again and so i was like let's write a book and and send that out as i started to notice more people doing video i was like well i gotta kind of get on video but i don't like it i don't like uh uh, the cameras i can tell you now i need like seven cameras around me I like them I like the (laughs) them. I come to get very very comfortable with them but for me it was it was a podcast this kind of changed the like changed everything for me because when I heard the first of all I didn't know what a podcast was I I never heard it until uh, uh Gary Vee mentioned and he was somebody I was following I've been lucky enough to have him on my podcast and 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 meet him and spend some time with him and and really learn this content model that he does and it's online it's free for everyone to see um and I just executed on it but when I heard the word podcast I was like oh that's pretty cool cool. like you don't need to do video like you just speak into a mic and then you can distribute it for free and it goes to the whole world okay as I looked into it and as I thought about it, I was like, I think I can be, na- like, I think I'm naturally okay speaking into a mic. It's almost like a telephone call for me. And my whole life, I've been on the phone. That's that's how I started creating content. And then I had a big interview with somebody in New York, and I went to go fly in to see them. He's one of the biggest real estate agents in, uh, like uh, on the continent, really. Uh, uh, Ryan surhan is his name. And... Everyone around me was like, "Well, dude, you got you get a chance to meet Ryan. You got to record this, and uh, you got to put this on video." I was like, "Okay, sure." But if you look back to that video, it's the first time I ever recorded uh, with a camera, a podcast. I never looked at the camera. I never spoke to it. I didn't even want it there. I did it for other people. Really, um, I spoke to him. But as I mentioned, now I need to have a lot of cameras around me. But I, uh, what's happened is, it's me. It's it's broken the ice for meetings with my clients like that's been the that has been the biggest biggest w the biggest win with producing content that i'm no longer spending 25 minutes 20 minutes just trying to build not only build rapport because we still need to do that but i mean i mean just talk about credibility and now people are walking in 99% 99% of the time, I'm gonna say it's that high, where they've already seen a piece of content. They've either heard me on a podcast, seen an image on Instagram, read an article on LinkedIn, um, 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 listened to the full podcast, or watched one of the clips. Went to the YouTube page, which just made the job so much easier. Like. Content really truly is the gateway to whatever you're looking for. And if it's business, and I know we're speaking to entrepreneurs, I know how scary it can be. Like you're you're listening and watching somebody right now that was terrified, even to put out the first podcast, even though I was comfortable with the the, the mics, but I want first and foremost you to understand that everyone was scared. 95, 99% of the people were scared before they spoke to the world and put out a piece of content until they did it and they got a little bit more comfortable over time. But if my advice to somebody who wants to start doing content would be do what you're naturally going to be comfortable at. As I did with the podcast, you might be like, also understand people are like, well, nobody reads anymore. Oh, there's a, there's a, there's a website called medium.com that gets about 150 million, 150 million users a month. I mean, books still sell. So if you, if you're comfortable at writing, like Adam, I have a problem writing a like, two sentences, man. I don't even own a computer. I do every, I'm talking to you on a phone right now. This, I do everything from my phone. So, so what I realized is, is I'm just going to do what I'm naturally good at. Um, over time, it did become the camera as well. I like it. Um, I have fun with it, but now I'm able to take a, a piece of content like this and I'm going to get about 15 to twenty, just from this conversation, fifteen to twenty micro pieces of content—a blog, a couple of blogs, images, little clips—and that's how you can that's how you can uh, 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 take one macro piece and take it into a micro, and take it into a bunch of micro pieces. But I just don't need a whole team. You just gotta get started. The phone will do wonders for you. In fact, the more natural you are, and, and the more authentic you are, the more people will connect with you. And I promise anybody who's watching or listening, please call me out on it. After six months of like consist, you gotta be consistently persisting. You know that if you're watching or listening to this, that in sales, that's what you are. You're very consistent. You follow up. In content production, you have to be consistent. A co- like four or five pieces a day on all the platforms. That's enough. Just I know that sounds like a lot, but one of them could be a story on Instagram, a tweet on Twitter. Like you can spread it out. After a six-month period, call me out if, if you did not get any business. And I'm not talking about just like, like like somebody calling you and saying, "I would like to buy a house from you," or "I'd like to do accounting services," or "or or I need a th- a massage done," or something of that sort, whatever you're selling, or whatever like product or service you're selling. But I'm talking about watching six months how many people just start talking about you, and now you're starting to become the authority.
0: I think we need to end there. I've got one. I've got one sort of follow up question <laughs> because that was so powerful. Um, Thank you. In, in, in that. You made it sound so easy and it really is that easy, right? But there are people out there that are gonna say, but I don't have your personality. You've got a ton of energy. You're very um, effusive in the, in the way you talk, in the way you move and, and you're, you're- I use confident. my hands
1: a lot, I've been told. I don't know, yeah. my, my team is, I'm getting out <laughs> of speed sometimes, but yeah, I get it. <laughs> and,
0: and people are gonna say, I, that's just not me. But but you mentioned it doesn't have to be. Talk a little bit about that. That you don't have to be. You don't have to be Gary V and be really um, loud and swear a lot and you know make people f- live in their their pain a little bit in some of the ways that he does. That happens yeah. to work for him. You yeah. and I both happen to be very uh, authoritative and, and, and sort of loud in the way we present what can you say to the person that's a little bit more subdued that doesn't have like this big personality that they're just like, dude, it's not going to work for me. What do I do jazz? What do you you say to them? So for
1: me, um, as I mentioned, I have a, I have problems writing paragraphs and sentences and I don't mean that like, like I'm just impatient and I don't want to write them. Like I suck. At grammar like till this day, I'm 38 years old I have problems spelling like I'm still figuring out the the yours and, and in Canada we really change things up like it's so much it, it, there's a huge difference between American English and Canadian English and how you write it but like there is grammar for me is very very tough I have a very tough time with it so I would I know how somebody feels like if you ask me to write it's why I have a ghostwriter but if you ask me to write paragraphs and, and write a long email Will not happen. I also can't draw. Like, but like stickman is the mo the furthest that I can go. Okay. <laughs> and so where where if I flip it for a second, I have a graphic designer, Steven, okay, who's been with me now for two and a half years. He's my he's he's really my creative director, but his skill set, man. Does this guy take an image and have the, first of all, I didn't even know topography was a word until he came into my world because he changes things. Like I'll give him uh, uh, something like an image and he changes it up, makes it look really, really sexy and cool. Um, where if you ask him to come on camera and do this, never happening. In fact, I try to joke with him. I'm like, dude, I talk about you all the time. You got to come into camera. Just we'll never do it. But see, there is something that, you're naturally gifted at in one of these mediums that I spoke about, video, audio, writing, drawing, animating. Um, Those are kind of the main ways to speak to the world. There is something, and I think you're just scared because it's not, you're, you're, you're not as animated as myself or Adam, or you're not a or, or you don't have you don't speak with, with 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 authority like we do. I think it's just you're scared to just speak to the world in any type of medium, and that's okay. That is okay. Your why is probably not strong enough though, because see, when your why and your purpose is strong enough, and an obstacle comes your way, you won't even like you you forget figuring out how to go over it underneath it. You'll go right through it you know, like, like there's a reason why an old 85 year old grandmother picked up a car when her grandson was underneath the car, her goddamn why was real strong. And so I hope somebody who's watching or listening, your why is strong enough that you'll, that you'll produce content in whatever natural form that, that you're comfortable with. I love it. Jazz, Takar. Takar, thanks for being here. I really
0: appreciate the conversation, the energy and just the, the steps you just gave us that two minute little presentation you gave on social media is freaking gold. So I'll be able to play that. You'll be able to play that. Hopefully everyone is listening. will go back and listen to that over and over because you really laid it out. Well, I really appreciate your time today. Wow. Thank you
1: so much, Adam. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: You got it. And thanks everyone for listening to today's episode of the entrepreneurs MBA. You've been listening to The Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business, at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.